Well, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4, starting in verse 35. If you're new here, uh, we are going through a series through the book of Mark called Jesus the Servant King. And in the Gospel of Mark, we get glimpses of Jesus in action. We see the Servant King, the Son of Man, in action, healing people, casting out demons, preaching, forgiving people, calming storm, calming storms. That is the, and that's what we're going to look at today. We see Jesus in action in Mark chapter 4. Now, as a child, I remember experiencing storms, tornadoes. We lived in a place in Arlington where it seemed like tornadoes to, uh, just seemed to come our way often. And I remember as a kid, my mom would, would get all worked up and she'd get all the kids in the bathtub and she was like, get the mattress and get ready. The tornado's coming, tornado's coming. You know, and we're just all worked up. We're like thinking, man, is the house going to be taken off? You know, are we going we gonna to die? And, and, and many times I remember experiencing that even as an adult. Uh, I've experienced that. There's a family here uh, who went through, just a few years ago, we had a, a tornado come through Garland, and it took a couple lives, and it took, took out a lot, of, a lot of building structures. But there's a family here who experienced uh, the, the craziness of a tornado ripping through right over their home and taking off the roof. And they describe that story of being in the, in the hallway and just holding on together, huddled up, huddled up together, and God graciously spared the entire Kushner family. And they were displaced for a while, for over a year from their home, but of course they got, got some nice upgrades and stuff that came, came along with that. And, and God worked through that. You see, Jesus, well, well stor- storms have a way of getting our attention. Okay, storms have a way of getting our attention. Literal storms... When we see the power of nature that God created and controls and governs, we see we hear thunder and lightning and we feel wind blowing. It it, it highlights the power of God, the nature of God's strength and His might. Right? Um, It feels like this whole past year, a year ago, when 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 coronavirus, uh, the pandemic, just shut down. The nation in the world, it felt like we've just gone through one really big storm for a year. And now we're starting to experience, now we're starting to experience a a measure of calm. And things are starting to reopen and and things are starting to get better. And and, and we saw many other uh, uh, things during this past year that, that added to the turmoil of the storm that we experienced. We even had a little ice storm a few weeks ago here in Texas like we've never seen before. And it shut, it shut down Texas, so much of Texas. I mean, literally, power was gone. And storms have a way of reminding us how powerless we are with all our technology and all our intelligence. We're reminded that we're not in control, that God is. Storms have a way of humbling us and confronting us with the reality that we need God and we need to take shelter and refuge in Him. Amen? And so, 
We're going to look in Mark chapter 4, verse 35. And in this section, we see Jesus teaching His disciples. And He spent a lot of time teaching His disciples on the shoreline, from the boat, around water. The, you know, several of His disciples were, were fishermen. And Jesus used the water, the, the, the sound projection from the water to, to preach from the boat. Alright? But in this particular section, Jesus isn't using a sermon to teach His disciples a lesson. He's using a storm to teach His disciples a lesson about His power, about who He is, and how we are to trust Him. Mark chapter 4, starting in 35. The title of this message is, In the Storm with Jesus. In the storm with Jesus. On that day, when evening had come, he had said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. And leaving the crowd, he took with him, he took with, he took him with them in the boat. And just as, just as he was, and other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion, and they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. Peace be still. And the wind ceased. And there was a great calm. And he said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Father, this morning as we have opened up the Scriptures and as we Fix your eyes on Jesus, the Lord of creation. Would you enlighten our understanding and help us to believe in Jesus? To believe that in the storm, in every storm, that Jesus is sovereign and reigns over all and help us to be assured and at peace and at calm knowing that we are with Jesus in the boat and in the storm. Those who are experiencing a storm right now of trials and difficulties in their life, God, we pray that you would be gracious and speak your words of peace over the storm and and, and specifically to the hearts of your people in the midst of it. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. And so here's the big idea this morning, that Jesus is Lord of all creation. And he has authority to bring calm to violent storms by one simple command. And he wants his people to trust him. Jesus is Lord of all creation, over all creation. And he has authority to bring calm to, a, to violent storms by one simple command. Peace be still. And he wants his people to trust him. Amen? And so let's first talk about the Sea of Galilee. 
Okay, the Sea of Galilee was about 690 and is about 696 feet below sea level, resulting in violent downdrafts and sudden storms. Okay, now remember, several of his disciples were experienced fishermen, and they had been through many storms. Okay, uh, and it was common that storms would would occur. Um, spontaneously or rapidly right here on this sea. Um, another uh, historian says this, that the, the atmosphere for the most part hangs still and heavy, but the cold currents as they pass from the west are sucked down in the, the vortices of air or by the narrow gorges that break up the lake. Then arise those sudden storms which the region is notorious. Okay? Now, the first thing I want to point out is that Jesus led his disciples through this storm. Notice who said, let's go. Let's go across it. He said uh, in verse 35, on that evening, on that day when the evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. Jesus initiated the journey across to the other side. Okay? Jesus led his disciples through this storm. And note this, that, that followers of Jesus are not exempt from experiencing storms in this life. Actually, they're promised. Now, we live in a fallen, broken world where there are hurricanes and there are violent storms that tear, that tear things up and, and destroy people's lives. But know that ultimately the Lord is sovereign over all creation. Okay? He's sovereign over every create of all creation, and none of it's out of his control or beyond his authority. He can calm a storm with one simple command, and he doesn't have to strain, he doesn't have to work, and the storm will immediately calm. And this is what happened here. But Jesus led his disciples through the storm. Now, many folks think that following Jesus, they get this impression that following Jesus, you know, if you start following Jesus, life's going to be smooth and sunny. Smooth waters, smooth sailing, sunny skies. But that's not the case. Now, surely, God does give us many sunny days, and He does give us times that are smooth and peaceful and calm, and we enjoy those times. But if life was just smooth sailing all the time, do you think we would really grow in our faith and in, in, in our spiritual maturity? God has a way of getting our attention through the storms that we face in this life. And He has a way of developing His people and shaping us into the people He's called us to be through experiencing these storms. And He also has a way of revealing Himself in contrast to the storms. See, the disciples were freaking out about the power of the storm. And then... They see Jesus exercise his power, and then they're like, they're freaking out, like, who is this guy? He's in the boat with us, as one theologian said. Um, he said, you know, which is most terrifying, the, the power of the storm or the reality that God is in the boat with you? <laughs> which is most terrifying? So Jesus led his disciples through the storm. It was his idea. He initiated it. Okay, and the next thing is that Jesus was peacefully asleep through the storm. He was peacefully asleep through the storm. 
Now, one theologian, uh, Alan Cole, says that the Lord's sleep did not show, not only show his natural weariness, it also showed his tranquil faith. Okay? So, Jesus was fully human, right? He became a, a man at the incarnation. He was fully God and fully human. And so, Jesus had been ministering, working hard, pouring out throughout the day, just as he did throughout his ministry. He was tired. He was weary. He's like, let's cross over to the other side. And he found a place in the boat where there was a cushion uh, at the stern, and he, he fell asleep there. Okay? He was getting rest. Now, let me just say this. Sometimes the most spiritual, best thing we can do in the will of God is just take a nap. Just get some rest. You, don't, you can't control the world. Okay, you, you're, you're not the one keeping everything together, keeping your family together, keeping uh, the, the, your, your city together, keeping the world together. God holds it all together by the word of his power, not your word and not your anxious thoughts. Jesus said your anxious thoughts aren't going to change anything. They're just going to do more damage than good. Right. And so stop being anxious. Stop, stop losing sleep, staying up, worrying all night. Go to sleep. Trusting that Jesus is sovereign over all creation and He's sovereign over your life. So Jesus was able to do that. Jesus was able to take, to take some rest. Trusting that He, that he is, as the, the Son of Man is in the Father's hands. Alright? Jesus expressed a life of uh, dependence upon the Father. Even at, at the end, He, he says, into, He quotes uh, from the psalm, Into your hand I commit my spirit. Right? And Jesus only did what the Father, what He saw the Father doing. Fully God, fully man. Okay? And Jesus is taking a nap. He's, he's sleeping. He's, he's getting some rest. But, but He's also not troubled by the outward circumstances. See, Jesus lived as the King in the Kingdom of God. One of the elements of the Kingdom of God is peace. Okay? Jesus walked in peace. And external circumstances didn't rob Jesus of his peace. He walked in peace. Okay? The kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And we see here the king of all creation, the king of kings, commanding the storms to be still and it's still. So Jesus took a nap. Through the storm. In the contrast, we see that the disciples are freaking out. They're afraid. And these are experienced fishermen. Sure, they've gone through many storms before. But this one seemed to be a little more severe than the past ones that they've experienced. Okay? Seems to be a little, little severe. Now notice what they say to Jesus. Teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? Get up! Wake up! Do something! Okay? Now, do you hear the accusation? Do you hear the tone in this? Do you, or do you read it in, in there? I, I, I sense, you know, it's, it's kind of like, uh, like Martha's statement to, uh, about Mary, to Jesus about Mary. Lord, don't you care that I'm doing all the serving and my sister's not doing anything over here? Right? The disciples, they're thinking they're about to die. Jesus is resting. And, and notice this, that I, I think many of us can relate. When we're going through a storm, one, one we can relate to the hysteria, the, the panic, the freaking out. 
about what's going to happen. Am I going to die? I think we've all had those experiences. But I think we can also relate to that question that they're asking Jesus. Don't you care about us? Why are you letting this happen to us? And you're not doing anything. You're just sleeping there, Jesus. Many of us feel like that when we're going through difficult times in this life. Many of us feel like that. We're, we're questioning, Jesus, don't you care? Don't you, why don't you do something about this? And the reality is that He does care. But He's not going to let fear dominate His life. And He doesn't want fear to not dominate the lives of His followers. The, the command not to fear is in Scripture more than any other command in Scripture. Do not be afraid. Do not fear. And so it's very clear that God doesn't want us to fear man, fear evil, fear death. The only fear that the Scripture commands is fear the Lord. Be in reverence in all of Him. The One who holds all power and all might. Amen? So Jesus was peacefully asleep through the storm. It's good for us to take a nap sometime when we're, when we're weary. And we see that Jesus is sovereign over creation in every storm. He awoke. He rebuked the wind and he said, Peace be still. And the wind ceased. And there was a great calm. Just one word. All it took was one word from Jesus. Peace. Shalom. And, and, and the, the wind and the waves immediately obey his command. Now remember that the Lord from the very beginning created everything with just a command. Let there be light. And he, he spoke the world into existence through his command. And so this lesson here, this, this story here, highlights the reality of who Jesus is. They ask that question, who is this that even the wind and the waves obey him? Well, he's not just a man. He's God. He's the God-man. Fully God and fully man. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The Word was with God and the Word was God, John 1 says. And so here we see the God-man, the Messiah, the Son of Man, speaking to the storm, peace be still. And it ceases. It, it, it ceases to, the wind ceases to blow. There's calm. Now usually when, you know, when there's a lot of wind, there's a storm, and the, you know, the waves are going around, the water's still going. Right? If the wind stops, the water's still, still choppy and shaky, right? If you've ever been on a lake on the water. But, but both the water and, both the wind and the sea just, it just, it's, there's calm. There's peace. From one command of Jesus. Amen? And so lastly here, Jesus taught his disciples a lesson of faith over fear. Faith over fear. And man, I think this whole past year is, is, has been a great opportunity for us to learn this lesson to not let fear dominate our lives. To confront our fears. And courage, by the way, is not the absence of fear, but it's the resisting of fear. It's, it's facing it. It's, though you feel fear, though you're experiencing fear, you're not going to let it cripple you. You're not going to let it keep you back. You're going to continue to move forward and face it and overcome it. 
And that's what God calls us. God says, God, he, he says, the Lord hasn't given us a spirit of fear. Second Timothy 1.7. God has not given you a spirit of fear, Timothy. A, a, a timid spirit, Timothy. But a spirit of power, love, and sound mind. So God doesn't want His people to be crippled by fear and anxiety. He, want, he wants us to live a life of faith. Trusting in His person, His power, and in His presence. Okay? The hysteria of the disciples indicated their need to progress on their journey of faith. The fact that they're freaking out, that they're so worried that they're going to die in this moment, indicates that they still have a, a, a lot of room to grow in trusting in Jesus who commands the wind and the waves to cease, to, to be calm, to be still. And the same is true for us. When we experience storms in this life, when, when we're letting fear dominate our life, it just points to the reality that we need to grow in trusting Jesus. Jesus wants His followers to be fully convinced that He is who He says He is, and that He's sovereign over all. And that He is with us in the storm. He's with us in the boat. He told His disciples this in Matthew 28 when He commissioned them to go out and do this great task of making disciples of all the nations. Very ambitious. Very great vision and great plan. And, and, and the promise that Jesus gives with that command to go. Make disciples. Teach them. Baptize them. Is, I'm with you always. He says, I'm, I'm with you always. My presence will be with you as you go. You'll experience my presence. And at the beginning in Mark chapter 3, Jesus called his disciples to be with him. To be with him. To be in his presence. To learn from him. To experience his person. To have him rub off on them and them be conformed into Christ-likeness. And be shaped and molded into disciples who are fully trained. Ready for every good work. Okay? Jesus called them to be with him that, they might, that he might send them out to preach. To cast out demons. To do what Jesus was doing. So Jesus wants His disciples to be fully convinced of His person as God in the flesh, as King of all creation, Lord of all nature, ruler of all nature. He wants us to be convinced of His power, that He's more powerful than the natural elements. Throughout this Gospel, we see Jesus confronting the natural elements, confronting sickness, Commanding sickness to go, and it goes. Who can do that? God. And that's who Jesus is. God in the flesh. He came as God in the flesh. Who can tell demons to leave, and they leave? God. Because demons and Satan are no match for God. It's not like God's straining in this battle, this spiritual battle with demons. Like, oh, am I going to win? Am I going to win? They're too strong. Demons, they're the host of hell, are no match for the Lord of heaven. For the Lord of the armies of heaven. Satan is, Satan is no match for, for Jesus. And he wants to intimidate his, the, the people of God and cripple us with fear. Jesus wants us to be convinced that he's with us. That he's for us. That he really does care. 
His perfect love casts out fear from our lives. When we're convinced, when we're going through the storm and we're not convinced that God loves us and that God is more powerful than any power in all creation, when we're not convinced of that, we're going to be subject to crippling fear. We're going to be subject to insecurity and fear. Hey, children, will y'all listen up? God wants us to trust Him and follow Him. This is what the righteous do. This is what the people of God do. This is what He calls us to, to trust Him. And so let us learn, not only from the sermon today, but from the storms that God brings our way. Let us learn that He is powerful over those storms and those circumstances. Let us learn that He rules and reigns, that He has all authority in heaven and on earth. And let us learn that He's for us, that He does care. He does care about your troubles. He does care about your struggles. He doesn't want the storm to destroy you. He wants it to develop you. He wants to develop you through it. Particularly your faith. He wants to strengthen your faith. Lord Willisby says this, Our faith in His Word is tested in the storms of life. If the disciples had really trusted His Word, they would have not have panicked and accused Him of not caring. You can trust His Word, for it will never fail you. Okay, so this is one of the first of a handful of rebukes that Jesus gives His disciples concerning their faithlessness, their unbelief. Jesus seems to be pretty stern about this issue of not trusting Him. Not being fully convinced of who He says He is, and, and, and uh, not being fully convinced of what He says He will do. He wants us to trust Him. And the Bible teaches that faith is a gift, by the way. God enables faith. He gives faith. He grants faith. He gives us the ability to believe. And we are called to exercise our faith, to, to use our faith, to live our life in faith and respond to God's Word in faith. But it's not about the faith itself. It's about the, the object of our faith. And that's Jesus. And so we focus our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and the, and the finisher of our faith. He's the, the one who's authored it, the one who's granted it and given us the faith that we have. And He's the one who sustains it. He's the object of our faith. And so let's keep our eyes on Him as, we're, as we walk through difficult, dark times in this life. And not freak out. Now, we're... If, if, how many of you guys were reminded as you're reading this story, how many of you were reminded of some other stories in the Bible? One particularly. The book of Jonah. Y'all remember the story of Jonah, children? God had called Jonah to go preach to the Ninevites, and he rebelled, and he went the other way and took God on a ship to go to Tarshish, the exact opposite way. All right? And then the Lord hurled the wind, the storm. Like, you, there's this language where God does this, God does this. He had a worm, and, you know, he, so we see God as Lord of creation in this book, but we see God using this storm to teach a lesson. Now, Jesus and his disciples were in rebellion with their storm. Jonah was in rebellion in his storm. 
And God was getting his attention. God was, God was uh, working through it. And, and there were also experienced sailors in that boat in Jonah's story who were freaking out. We're going to die. And there was also somebody asleep in that story too. Jonah, who's down in the bottom of the boat, sleeping. Get up and call on your God, the pagan sailor says. Pagan sailors say, call on your God. And, and Jonah's like, guys, I, I know why this is happening. Uh, I, I fear God. I serve the one true God. And uh, I'm, I'm in rebellion. Just throw me over and, and, and the storm will stop. Now, in, in Mark 4, in this story, we don't see anybody getting thrown over into the sea and the storm stopping. We don't have a rebellious one in this story. We have an obedient one in the boat with the disciples. Now, right here, he's not thrown out into the sea and doesn't take one for the team. But when you get to the end of Mark... You see that Jesus is thrown into the storm and thrown into the sea, so to speak. When He went to the cross. When He went to the grave for three days. Down, down, down. Jesus said in Matthew that as Jonah was in the the belly of the fish for three days, so the Son of Man will be in the heart of the earth for three days. Jesus is the, the true Jonah who took one for the team. He laid down His life for us. Not because He was rebellious, but because we were. We were rebellious. And He causes the storms to cease. And one day, there's going to be new creation. He will renew all of creation. And we won't see these destructive hurricanes and storms tearing up people's lives. One day, there will be peace. Children will be able to play with lions and cobras. And not be harmed. Isaiah tells us. And so Jesus went to the grave for us. Jesus stepped into our storm. He stepped in, is with us in our boat. And He went to the cross. He went to the grave. And by the way, when, when at Jesus' darkest moment, guess who was asleep on Him? When He told His disciples to watch and pray. They fell asleep. Now was the time to be awake and watchful and be praying. Not to be asleep. And yet Jesus was gracious with them and He's gracious with us. He was gracious with them and, and, and He realized that they were on a process, of, of the, on a journey and growing in faith and growing to trust in who He is. And you and I too are on that journey of faith. And we get all worked up sometimes. And we blow it sometimes. And we say things that are out of line sometimes, like Peter and like the disciples. And sometimes there's competition like the disciples. Who's greater? Am I, I'm greater. And Jesus is just grace, being patient and gracious and teaching them, even when they're being knuckleheads, not following the way and their attitudes. The thinking patterns. He knows that we're in a process. And so let me close with a couple points of application. Be assured that Jesus isn't flipping out about your storm and He does care about you. When you're going through crazy times, God's not all worked up. Like, oh, what am I going to do? I didn't see this one coming. <laughs> Caught me by surprise. When, when Peter uh, denied Jesus, Jesus told him, you're going to deny me, Peter. 
Satan's, Satan's asked to sift you as wheat, but I prayed for you that your faith should not fail. Jesus wasn't surprised by Peter's, by Peter's failure and sin and denial. He told him it was going to happen. And he graciously restored him. So Jesus isn't flipping out when we're going through hard times. He's not, he, he, knows, he knows our hearts. And He knows what's going on. So be awestruck by the Lord's power to direct nature at command and worship Him as Creator. It's appropriate for us to respond with deep reverence and respect for the One who commands the winds and the waves to cease. The One who rules over all creation. It's appropriate for us to be in awe of Him. And then lastly, trust in, in His power and His presence and, and the person of Jesus. Trust in His character. Trust in His name. As one writer said, uh, I've learned to trust God's heart when I can't see His hand. When you're having a hard time seeing what is God up to, like, Jesus, why did you say get into this boat and go across? Didn't you know this was going to happen? When you have a hard time understanding why, there's sickness and death and suffering and disappointment and job loss. Accusation, betrayal, and all the things that we experience, the storms that we experience in this life. Trust that Jesus is for you. Trust that God is for you. If God is for us, who can be against us? If God gave Jesus for us, He gave the ultimate gift to rescue us and redeem us. God's not going to hold any other good gift back from us. Romans 8.32 He's going to continue to lavish grace upon His people for all eternity. And so let me close with reading the second line of the hymn Be Still My Soul. I enjoyed listening to this as I was preparing for this message. It says, Be still my soul Thy God do undertake to guide the future as He has the past. Thy hope, thy confidence, let nothing shake. And now mysterious shall be bright at last. Be still, my soul, the waves and winds still know His voice who ruled them. While he dwelt below. Let's pray. Lord, we struggle with uh, trying to control, trying to manage life, and keep things in their nice little categories. And God, storms happen, and and they just. Shake us up. Catch us off guard. And they reveal those broken areas in us that you want to heal and make whole. Those areas that you want to purify and refine and develop us into the people you've called us to be. And so we thank you for them. We thank you for the lessons of the storm. And we thank You for the promises that You're with us. Over and over and over again, You've promised Your presence. You're with us. And You've expressed clearly Your heart that You're for us, not against us. 
And so let confidence arise within your people. May we be fully convinced that you are who you say you are and that you will do what you say you will do. And may we take refuge in you in the eye of the storm. May our souls be at rest and be still even when there's chaos around us and we can't make sense of everything that's going on. May we do what the psalmist tells us in Psalm 46. To be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations, you say. And so may we have that calm assurance, that blessed assurance And may we have that confidence that you will be exalted in this. You will be glorified. You will be lifted high. Your name will be praised through it. May we be a people who praise you through the storm rather than curse. When we're tempted to curse, when we're tempted to complain, when we're tempted to give up, when we're tempted to shut down, when we're tempted to let fear take over, May we praise You. May we trust You. May we take refuge in You. In Christ's name we pray. As Kevin leads us in this song, if you would like prayer, if you're here and you like prayer for anything at all, a storm or difficulty or anything you're going through right now, I'd love to pray with anybody that needs prayer. And if you're watching online you'd like prayer and you're going through a storm, you're going through trials, difficulty right now, and you need prayer, send us a message on Facebook. We, 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 we will pray over that prayer request and uh, pray that God would bring you through and give you what you need to make it through that time that you're going through. And if you're here or you're watching and you don't know Jesus yet, you're not in the boat with Jesus, you're, you're trying to go through the storm without Him, and you want Jesus in your boat, You want to be in His boat. You want to be in right relationship with Him. Today is a great day to repent of your sins and to trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Children, that may be one of you. God may be calling one of you today to repent of your sins and to trust Jesus with all your heart. Just give your life to Him. And if you'd like to do that today, let us know. We would love to pray with you and talk to you.